Lately, I've been really fascinated with monsters. I mean, when you think about them, there's something of our own creation. That only means that one point in time, humans have actually felt the need to create these scary beings to keep us in check, I guess, because that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Historically, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, um, I, I guess, if if uh, this if society does not have law or cannot enforce law properly, you probably need, you know, you know, scare the children. Because like we've all been told of like stories of um, mythical beings that you know mm-hmm. uh, could do this to you, could do that to you, could kidnap you, could hurt you, or something or the other. So yeah, it it actually makes quite a lot of sense. But I mean, which which sort of monsters come to your mind? Um, I mean, when you think about it, it's it's kind of difficult to answer which monster comes to your mind because monsters don't really belong to just one category. I mean, it could be a monster from nature, like the Kraken, Godzilla, or the Loctus monster. It could be a monster from within, like from the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It could also be a monster from the past, like Dracula. But if if I really stress on monsters, like those scary-ass beings, I would say the Kraken. The Kraken comes to my mind. What about mm. you? Um, I'd probably go with... Uh, oh, yeah. The Midgard Serpent. Um, Norse mythology. Uh, can't really pronounce the name. But, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Jormund <laughs> Kondor. Yeah. When it... Okay, yeah. Let's <laughs> not try to murder the name. <laughs> but, like... I- I've never heard of it, though. Yeah, it's basically just this huge snake really huge snake and it's it's again it's a monster it's not a creature you know i mean i distinguish a monster and creature um one's inherently evil while the other's not um coming back to german gander uh, this guy i mean one of the more famous stories um of this guy is with thor where thor basically like, has to, as one of his challenges, lift up a cat. A cat. Um, a cat. Yes, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but the catch is, this snake, or rather serpent, is the cat. Ah, okay. And to give you a scale of how big this guy is, he can basically he, he basically envelops the earth. That's that's what. Yaman Gonder's role is in his future. And that guy is a cat. And Thor is supposed to lift that guy up. Wait, so envelops the earth. That means like when it's fully grown or since birth? Like since creation? Since birth. Fuck. Yeah, I think it's since creation. Because I mean, um, Ragnarok, uh, this guy plays a huge role in it. Damn. Like one huge ass monster. Yeah. I mean, I was so, thinking the Kraken was big. I mean, the Kraken's like 1.5 <laughs> miles long, but according to some yeah. lore. But damn, that serpent. So does it have any magical abilities? Not that I know of. Like, interestingly, it's just big. That's it. 
Oh, cool. So just one huge ass serpent who can transform itself into a cat. Basically, yes. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's kind of similar to the Kraken. According to Scandinavian folklore, the Kraken's just one huge ass squid slash crab like you know being i mean it's called a monster because mm. according to folklore it's said to have sunk many ships and sailors actually sometimes um thought of the kraken because it's like so huge as land mm. and they actually like you know dropped the anchor around it and albeit with land with tentacles because <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> land with tentacles tentacles yes but i don't think any sailor would be that stupid to see the tentacles and be like hmm seems like a good place to rest but <laughs> i mean now pop culture has reimagined the kraken to be like a huge ass squid but according to folklore like the old stories narrated to scandinavian children were says that the kraken was more crab like Mm-hmm. I mean that's something confusing because I can't really imagine the kraken without tentacles. Whenever I think of the kraken, all that comes to mind is that the huge beak at like the mouth. I guess I, I guess that's the mouth, and then the the shark like teeth inside, which is just I mean I wouldn't want to go in there, of course, because nightmare. <laughs> I mean what comes to my mind would probably be the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where Jack mm, Sparrow yeah, yeah. enters okay. the Kraken's enters the Kraken or well the Kraken yeah. from well our beloved game Sea of Thieves oh yeah um, for those of you who don't know Sea of Thieves I would say one of the better games out there <laughs> so interestingly um since Southern France is right around where Scandinavia is. Um So for those of you who play D&D or you know have heard the monsters in D&D Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, thank you for clar- clarifying that up. Um <laughs> so one of the more famous and um terrifying monsters in D&D is the Tarisk. The way it's portrayed in Dungeons of Dragons is Dungeons uh, and Dragons. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons is basically just um a huge dinosaur but very rocky and horny and horny has an um with horns not uh, <laughs> the other horny. Um Yeah, but interestingly I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows. But interestingly um the Tarisk is actually a hybrid of a turtle a lion so it's a lion's head a turtle's shell okay um okay. a scorpion's tail uh, if i'm not wrong and i don't remember what the legs were but i'm sure it's something i mean i i just freaks the shit out of me you just think about it you have this huge turtle shielded lion person who's just out there to get you being very honest with you i've never been scared of such creatures such monsters because see the reason that monsters or anything scary would actually scare me is because i'd be able to imagine it 
like coming for me in real life. So such a monster. I mean, sure, in some alternate reality, maybe, but right now, well, when you think about it, I can't really imagine it in real life. Whereas something like the Kraken, or let's say, I mean, like something like a doppelganger, I can imagine it. Mm. I can imagine it being there, just hiding, waiting for a chance to get me. or to get anyone else so like mm. that's what scares the shit out of me because that there's like that uncertainty that that shit could actually be out there mm. but such a monster mm. i mean even like i think the sphinx even even that's yeah. like a hybrid creature right so i can't really yeah it's just an amalgamation of different creatures yeah so i can't actually imagine it being out there you know killing someone or scaring the shit out of like multiple people I think that's one of the reasons why we're scared of ghosts because there's that uncertainty that well mm-hmm. spirits or ghosts could be out there but I think we'll just leave that for another episode actually um this guy the tarisk actually has multiple accounts written mm-hmm. about it in latin of course so that would give you an idea of how um old, old yeah this legend goes i mean it's about um This guy was talked about during the 12th century and I mean I would if if someone actually like some people have written about it okay so it's I don't know it may have gone extinct because you never know you, <laughs> you never, never know. know and where is this creature from I'm sorry I think you mentioned it um, so yeah yeah it's, it's tales of this actually emerged from southern france um called province ah cool it's just called province i mean i still can't imagine it but it sure does sound scary i mean it sure it it sounds powerful though the tarisk but something more imaginable where i guess would be from the philippine folklore the mananangal hmm interesting name so <laughs> the mananangal also known as the self segmenter is an evil spirit that detaches her torso from her lower half and then takes uh, flight to e- at night to eat infants oh uh, okay uh how how is that more imaginable i mean think about it man one scary ass scary ass woman taking flight to eat children i i get it's a person no okay she's eating children but what she's doing before that is i mean she's <laughs> cutting herself yes. in half or whatever she's separating what? yes kind of baffling but again aren't folklore you know exaggerated to prove a point i mean see just just hear me out okay so what this beast what what this philippine beast does is that she gains an ability to fly she gains the ability to fly okay once she detaches herself from her torso then she does something that's like that's i was kind of traumatized when i heard about it okay so once she finds a suitable victim um she alights on the house and inserts her tongue through the roof 
The tongue is long, hollow and extremely flexible. She uses it to puncture the womb of the sleeping woman, of the pregnant sleeping woman. Okay. And sucks out the fetus. Oh. She, no joke, sucks out the fetus. I, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I mean, see, there have been other accounts of her doing something kind of different. So what she does is she, I guess, transforms herself into this beautiful woman mm. who seduces men mm. and lures them to private places Okay. before eating them alive. Great. So, and now she, I won't be able like, to sleep. <laughs> Thank you. She, and, she, and, and, and this bitch is like a picky eater. She's not like, all right, I'll eat the whole human alive. She eats the insides, like the organs, and she's also picky about that. So she'll eat the heart, the liver, or the stomach. So she's kind of like the Striga from the Witcher series, who's also a picky eater. App, app analogy. Now I nice. I have a clearer picture of <laughs> the Manangal. I, I am Manangal. Manangal. Nice. Hmm. A tongue twister for name there. Yes, so it sure is. I mean, okay, as we discussed before, um, most monsters are to teach children certain lessons, right? Children or well, people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, people in general, but. With the Mananankal, I hope I said it right that time, the yeah, kid kinda. is a fetus. So, I mean, let's like, let's just move away from that because, damn, I mean, now I'm going to have a nightmare. So, or maybe multiple <laughs> nightmares. Now, I mean... <laughs> another, another, another monster that um, is actually there to teach children a lesson, um, is called the Kappa or the Kappa. I don't know how to pronounce okay. it. It's one of I've, the two. I've heard it as the Kappa. Yeah. Um, Japan. Yeah. It's Dark. actually pretty famous. So basically what it is, is this turtle goblin hybrid okay. that lives in the water and basically lures people into the water with their quote unquote great skill at wrestling. And what they do with them is they drink their blood, eat their livers. Okay. And gaining power by taking their shirikodama. What's a shirikodama? It's it's a mythical ball said to contain the soul, which is located inside, hear me out, which is located inside the anus. Okay, so the cop are skinky. <laughs> oh, man. And, okay, again, so this is, this guy is basically there to teach children not to go near the water. Talk just, about just, being a pedophile. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, dude, think about it. Your soul resides in your anus. So what would the kappa say before taking the soul? I mean, it it probably would have had to reach inside. Yeah, uh, it would definitely have to reach inside. 
I mean, I I always thought of Kafas to be. I mean, they look kind of cute from what I've seen them in animes mm. or cartoons. Mm. They look cute. I thought they were like helpful or something. Yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, this is this is kind of funny because I mean, I was, I was just like, what? Why does it? Okay, no, interesting thing. it does not only prey on humans it also preys on animals and it's like been nice. known to take down horses and cows but i don't know if the anus soul thing is still applicable over there but wow <laughs> anus soul ball best combo so of words ever is there any way to actually not let the kappa analyze you just don't go near the water that's that's how basic it is just okay so there's no trick no yeah well no nothing no hack around it no nope. damn so it just wrestles you into the water yeah drains your blood and yeah. then has anal sex with you yeah to gain immortality well that's one way to go about it <laughs> Speaking of Japanese folklore, let's talk about the oni, oh, which literally yeah. translates yeah. to a demon. Yep. So, well, you might be aware of it, but for our listeners, the oni are born when truly wicked humans die, and end up in one of the many Buddhist Buddhist hells, transformed into oni. so they're all ogresh and they're brutal servants of great lord enma ruler of hell mm-hmm. wielding iron clubs with which they crush and destroy humans solely for enjoyment so i mean in in other words they're well the god the ruler of hell's servants yeah i was about to just call it a straight up demon army Because I mean, that's yeah, see, okay. It's it's scary, but it's also cool. Just a demon army is marching towards you. Cool, uh-huh. but scary. Faces with with red faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the I and mean, the, and the huge ass teeth. I mean, yeah, it's scary. Just and it's not They're even like complex. Extreme strength. I'm sorry. They they they're said to possess extreme strength and constitution, and many of them are also accomplished sorcerers. So it's not just the brute strength; it's also the sorcery that you got to look out for. So the, so the people of Japan were like, "Let's try to get people not to be, you know, bad. Yeah. Bad. What is the scariest mm-hmm. thing we can do that with?" I mean, they sure did make something scary. <laughs> a demon person with super strength extreme constitution and mild sorcery powers or whatever i mean sorcery at any level is just uh, and they kill humans or destroy humans just for enjoyment okay this is kind my kind of monster <laughs> <laughs> i mean see it it's not that's not the worst thing yeah so 
Oni's job is to mete out horrible punishments such as peeling off skin, crushing bones, and other torments too horrible to describe to those who were wicked. So I guess, like many other monsters, the Oni was created so that people would be fearful of actually, or people would think twice before actually doing something wicked. Mm. Isn't isn't that kind of? I mean, if you think about it, instead of using logic or being rational about it, people of Japan or other other people all over the world thought that using fear mm. was a better way to control actions of people. Mm. But isn't it true? Fear is often a better tool to maintain discipline. Yeah. But, mm, yeah, I guess it's just true. <laughs> I, w- I was trying to come up with something other than saying, yes, it's true. Because, I mean, it's a scary thing to say, yes, it's true. True. But, and there's uh, no other way around that fear. Yeah. If someone's fearful of you, they don't have a choice but to do what you're saying. Hmm. And I mean, it's sure when you think about, when you first think about it, it sounds wrong. That why is fear overpowering logic? Hmm. But again, I mean, that's, I guess that's how humans are programmed, I guess. Hmm. Okay. So interesting thing you bring it up. Um, now, in line with this kind of the opposite, we have to skip over to Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Because over there, um, you might have heard of this fella called the Minotaur. Yeah, I've heard of it, but don't know much about it. Yeah, so the thing is, this guy wasn't actually evil or anything. Like, he didn't hurt people or anything. He okay. just was the unfortunate offspring of a human and a bull. A bull. Wow. A bull. That's one odd human. Yeah. Um, the Cretan bull mated with... Um, what was the name? Um, it's, it was something with T. I'm forgetting. Never mind. And Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. A human. Was it a guy or a gal? A gal. Ah, that makes sense. So, no, so the thing is, the human was... I mean, hid from the bull... Because the bull wanted to mate with her. The the human fashioned herself into a hollowed wooden cow. Which she, she hidden, of course. Which was, I mean, quite possibly the worst disguise you could come up with. Uh-huh. Um, it, but it sure does take four play to another level. Hmm. <laughs> <God>. <sighs> <laughs> So, okay, and and basically this guy's whole, the Minotaur was basically Mm. sent to the depths of um, the human's labyrinth. Again, oh, okay, I remember the human's name. Uh, Daedalus, Daedalus, yes. And um, the Minotaur was consigned to the depths of the Daedalus labyrinth. Uh, Okay. And he was fled, interestingly, he was he was fed with the flesh of Athenian youngsters. 
it doesn't say why it just says yeah i i gave him athenian youngsters to eat and yeah that's that's basically it damn so the minotaur is just one unlucky beast yeah he he was just like right at birth he was called a disgrace and just sent down to a labyrinth he could never escape i mean even after that he's not bad he isn't so he won't harm you without a reason yeah i mean there was a reason because i mean he was half bull half man mm-hmm. and so called heavy quotation marks hideous so, okay yeah that was his only mistake being hideous when born or being perceived as hideous when born actually i mean it certainly says how it's about society right now i mm. mean do you think it's related to how some children who are born deformed are treated by their families well not every family most like when yeah. there have been yeah most there have been several cases of children being treated as inferiors mm. not just children people being treated as inferiors Mm. Who are who are just deformed at birth? Like it's not even their fault. Yeah, and this was more prominent, like in the olden times. Yeah, it's it's gotten a lot better now. Thank God. Yeah. Even though I don't believe in God, um, <laughs> but another thank episode. God. Another episode. Yeah, another <laughs> episode. <laughs> so right. yeah, there's a monster for you where no fault of his own. He just. was not good enough hmm it monsters do talk a lot about society i guess in one way monsters bring out the weaknesses in society if i may the imperfections the imperfections yeah but i still think that i mean that humans are more afraid of things that might replace them hmm. i mean think about it some people are scared shitless when it comes to ai replacing us all or robots taking over hmm. but something that we we've kind of forgotten about is a beast known as the doppelganger or well doppelgangers Mm. So they were first written about in nineteen in seventeen ninety six. So the doppelganger. Well, a lot of people do know about. Well, some part of them. Again, play D and D. I mean, yeah, through D and D, but not everyone <laughs> plays D and D. No, I'm saying so play D and D, guys. I this is an explicit. Uh, yes. I don't know whatever it is to so just play D and D. Awesome game. Yeah, coming back to, sorry, I've just loved you. Coming back to the subject, doppelgangers were traditionally seen as a sign of bad luck. So if you sighted someone who looked just like you, like everything was similar, was the mm. same. So first mm. they were perceived as hallucinations, but the ones who truly believed oh, okay. in doppelgangers would, I mean. they couldn't explain it at first because obviously you you'd be baffled when you see someone who looks just like you behaves just like you walks just like you mm. but according to the definition doppelganger is a non-human entity 
which can alter its physical appearance to literally become become someone else and take their place in society we've i mean there are plenty of doppelganger standards in pop culture true <laughs> but i think there's a so okay yeah see the 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 doppelganger's um, effective scariness has actually worn off of me cuz again as i said a lot of doppelganger inspired um races and all of like races and people in general so yeah not scary enough but, but when you think yeah, i mean that's just it, my opinion when you think about it what if one day you wake up and you see that one day okay let's say you wake up but no one is able to see you okay let's just let's just imagine that and you see your family no one is able to yeah, see no you. one is able to see you and you okay. and you see your family interacting the way they do with you with someone else who looks exactly like you so think about it see think about it as seeing yourself in a third person perspective but not being able to interact mm. yourself so you see them I mean, doing your everyday actions you see them hanging mm. out with your friends with your girlfriend i mean and i mean them <laughs> doing everything that you do exactly the way that you do but that stimuli isn't being experienced by you it's being experienced by them and slowly they start to replace you in society so no one is able to actually see a difference that oh well i guess my friend is not who he is it's an it's an it's a copy of him or a doppelganger but you know doesn't that scare you to be replaced okay i'm going to be honest i'm going to be honest I would love that. God damn it. Why? <laughs> Cuz okay, I I mean it's not like I I'm completely fine with my life. Mhm. But imagine having complete anonymity. Cuz someone else is being you, mm-hmm. you get the opportunity to be anything. I mean, I guess you die at the end after the doppelganger replaces you entirely. or they kill you first yeah you you as in your pers- like no okay wait if you think of you as your personality then yes again episode for another day but i would love that cuz it's just it's awesome i i would love to explore alternate ways my life could go in hmm. um and with the doppelganger being well me is certainly but helpful. you wouldn't be able to observe it would you the changes or the alternate life that you would have after the doppelganger comes in because you'd be dead no why would i be dead I mean, the doppelganger first kills you then takes oh okay well i was missing out on that okay oh, <laughs> i see no but you would sure love that yeah mm-hmm. being killed is everyone's dream uh-huh. sure is <sighs> emo kid But in in no, the past, it's not. the thought of doppelgangers was used to experience. Was sorry, was used to explain early misunderstood cases of Alzheimer's. It was also used as an answer to severe depression and violent thoughts that a mother might have towards her children, 
since it was believed that no mother would could ever hurt her own child unless she wasn't truly the mother it takes a dark sound um you know what's it called origin story of the story <laughs> but yeah all round not so scary for me but yeah still scary because again it kills you first and then it takes your place yeah takes your face your life <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not, i'm not even kidding if it wouldn't have killed me or you know if it didn't kill whoever person i would have loved a doppelganger to take my place hmm yeah again i'm just really weird don't call me out <laughs> so looking at all we've discussed today mm mm-hmm. we have talked about how, what again we've talked about i mean tens of monsters but we've also talked about yeah. what implications those monsters have on society and why they actually came to be in the first place and i mean monsters in general i would say are reflections of us um of society in general and you can't truly understand a monster from um you know a past civilization because mm-hmm. again there's a time gap and everything changes perspectives change um it may be the same thing um, like written down but yeah perspectives change so the way we interpret those monsters may change and um or probably has changed and yeah that's basically all i have to say about monsters they probably the definition of um, you know perhaps the kraken would change again because again it was first a crab and now it's a squid so yeah everything changes monsters the perception the perceived monsters will also change that's all i have to say about monsters what are your final remarks i mean you summed it up pretty well man monsters I I agree with the fact that monsters are a reflection of society and how we're thinking at particular periods of time and you can you can actually understand a lot about a culture through its folklore mm-hmm. because as folklore evolves or as new stories come in mm-hmm. you can kind of imagine what was going on in that in like in society at that particular period of time Mm. True. So monsters and folklore I mean might not be considered that important by some but I feel they're like a fundamental part of society and they're essential to our very being and community. Agreed because again they're reflections of us. They 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 tell us what's imperfect in society. Well On that note we conclude this week's episode of the Nighttime High podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We really enjoy talking about monsters from myths and folklore from around the world. Tune in every Tuesday for more eccentric and mind-bending content. Reach out to us on Instagram at Nighttime High Podcast and tell us what you liked in today's episode. Until then, goodbye.